Hey folks, this is Jesse. I want to thank you all again for tuning in to episode 4 or 5 of the Heresy Book Club Legion with Caro, Megan, and Jason. Once again, this was recorded about a year ago, so some of the quality might be a little bit rough. But I definitely want to thank you guys for tuning in. And also, as always, be sure to visit our website at rr30k.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at rr30kpodcast. Follow us on Instagram at rr30k. You can join our Discord server, which links are in the show notes. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, We'll be recording here next week, live, in person, some new episodes for you to enjoy. And before we get... uh, And before we begin today, I definitely want to thank all of our patrons who have supported us throughout the years. We greatly appreciate all your support to make this podcast the best it can be. On our Patreon channel, on our Discord, there was some discussion of uh, what do you guys would like to see? And a lot of people commented that they would like to have uh, live chat, some video chat discussion. And I'm going to see if I can make that happen. So keep your eyes peeled and uh, hopefully we'll see some more interactive experiences for you to enjoy here in the near future. And of course, right now, I'd like to thank all of our patrons, starting with our Praetor tier, Alex Self, Taco Tuesday or Bus 22 Rock and Roll McDonald's, Chaplanisar, Chris Mack, Garner that Tree of Woe, Joe from Music City Heresy, Luke Rizzuto, Matthew Boyce, Mr. Baldwick, Nicholas Quenga, Sar Luther, and What's Ligma? Our Legion Centurions, Aaron Maynard, Andrew N., Angry Boy, Dave Jones, Duncan, John Christensen, M. Tanzer, Queen Corswain, Scott LeMay, The Original Applesauce, Ed, and Gorecrow. And finally, our Legion Sergeants, Agrippina, Emily O'Hare, Garrett Lowe, Mr. Sear, Nick Gillen, The Zoy, and What Do I Call Myself? And with that, let's get started. Hey guys, hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Legion. We're back here with Megan, Jason, and me. How are you guys doing? Pretty well. Pretty well. I think we left. We left John. Yeah, the planet kind of exploding and Grammaticus going off with the Alpha Legion. I was going to say, it feels like this is another episode of John Grammaticus is not that great of a job. Because when we uh, pick back up with the story, uh, John has been uh, in jail for five months aboard, uh, aboard the Alpha Legion ship. And Cato uh, has uh, been bringing him his meals. Yeah, they were just eating together. Honestly, I kind of enjoyed this whole scene because... Of course, after five months eating with the same person, probably always kind of the same food, you know who does what. It's just a nice little cute homesy scene. It is. It is. But uh, I feel like you can also tell that Cato is trying to get to know John and, and trying to gain his confidence to see what information he can get out of him. Yeah, like a true member of the Alpha Legion. I don't know. For... Pato, though, he seems just gormless enough to, like, actually try to befriend you, like, for no reason other than to, like, be buddy. I feel like even Pato is not that, not, not that bad. I feel like Pato is a little bit more intelligent than that. I think he probably does kind of want a little bit of human contact. But at the same time, I don't think he's forgotten what his his role is. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say with him because he also mentions in the book are, he is talking about all the other humans on the ship and nobody there really wants to have anything to do with the other mortals, which is kind of an odd situation. But is that really what's going on? Or is that what he wants Grammaticus to believe is going on? Did he tell Grammaticus? I really thought he was just thinking about it. But yes, it's also true he could just wanting him to think that, which is a whole nother layer of weirdness. I think he sort of tells him, and then when he leads him out of his prison cell, you know, there's nobody in the hallway, 
And so Grammaticus gets the impression that Grammaticus, that uh, Pato, sorry, can just go wherever he wants and kind of do whatever he wants on the ship. Mm-hmm. And I think personally that's the intention of why he was allowed to bring Grammaticus out of the cell like that. I mean, honestly, John should have thought that everything happening there is a trap, but he doesn't. He's really not that good at his job. I know, right? That's what I'm saying, because I don't know anything about the Alpha Legion outside of this book. And even I am like, I don't know, that seems like the Alpha Legion's trying to lead him into a trap. I mean, he, he, yeah, he, should, be, he should be more suspicious, but... If he dies, he comes back, so I guess he doesn't need to be that suspicious. I don't know. <laughs> that is a good point, but I mean, well, he doesn't have to worry about his life. He does kind of have to worry about, well, no, I guess his, technically his job's finished at this point, right? Like, all he has to do is broker... No, he's suppo- I thought he was supposed to broker the meeting. Which means his job is done once the Alpha Legion actually meets with the Cabal. Like Wait, do you think he's going to go into retirement? Oh, I'm not saying no, but if he wants to get out from the Alpha Legion's prison, because he could just live indefinitely in their prison cell. Hmm. I mean, he could theoretically live forever there since he's a perpetual. True. I mean, it could just. Ooh. They could do all kinds of mean things with him. They could. That would just be a really boring and sad way to spend thousands of years. True. I wonder if here the Alpha Legion would get bored first. Just imagine a thousand years down the line. Oh, wh- wh- why do we have this room? Why is it never open? <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Somebody's open it, and John Grammaticus runs out screaming happily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what cheese is made from in space. Maybe question. they have bacteria-grown milk. I read about uh, that it might be a thing to happen one day, so why not now? The future is there. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. The future is now. The future is now. Uh, not saying it's not a possibility, but, uh, you know, I don't... Why is it that that doesn't seem as weird as the why? Like, well, I'm not sure. Like, we know Astartes definitely have a thing for venticulture, or at least the Thousand Suns do. Yep. But I wonder, it's like, is this cheese that, because the two possibilities here, and I'm not sure which one is funnier, is it specifically that the Alpha Legion have stolen cheese from somewhere, that they have received a cheese ration from the Imperium, (laughs) or they have made the cheese themselves? I, I don't uh, think we're supposed to think any of those thoughts, but I can't help it. Where'd they get the cheese from? Right? Like, I feel it's, like that's why we're here, to specifically think these thoughts. Although, what kind of cheese is it? Is it a fresh camembert? Is it a b- old uh, parmesan? Mm-hmm. Right? Or it could be just vegan cheese that's been made in a test tube. I don't know. True. Oh, yeah. Some nut cheese. Yeah, it could be, like, weird genetically, like, produce space cheese. <laughs> I just want you to know that Natalie Portman has jumped into my lap at the word cheese. And she's uh, looking around. <laughs> well, she would be all for space cheese. <laughs> Where's the cheese? You promised cheese. <laughs> I don't think you'd want space cheese, though. But the cheese is a particular welcome. Also, I don't know about cheese wine and capers together that does not seem like a very nice combination mm-hmm. i mean there's also some cold meat so it sounds like a car- charcuterie board yeah it does it does yeah like still i never had capers on one of those though that seems really decadent for like rations on board a spaceship though that's the alpha legion they get better stuff than everybody else <laughs> <laughs> but like why did they settle on french picnic like because it's romantic, and everybody knows the Alpha Legion is nothing if not romantic. Maybe yeah. it's as a callback to John's past, because he's so old, he should have known this from back then, so just to make him feel nicer and better. <laughs> just to remind him from his days in World War Two in the French countryside. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There we go. When he got drunk on wine. 
nearest I can tell. But here, also, here, John is not as bad as his job as normal or as usual, because he figures out that the ship is moving differently and they reached whatever destination they had in mind. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. So he's finally allowed out of the cell for the first time in five months. Oh, and also for the first time in five months, he did not ask for about his love for Rukshana. I still think there's something weird going on with that. Oh, it's super weird. Like, yes. it keeps, like I keep hoping they're just going to forget about it and not bring it up again. Nope. It, like, lurches back into the storyline. <laughs> it comes back like a, like a bad smell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is an accurate way to describe it. Now that we're not talking about cheese, Cadley has left. <laughs> She's always thinking with her stomach. She's a good girl, but you know, she's a hungry girl. All right. So, so we find out that uh, Pedro is being asked questions from, by the Alpha Legion about how well he's getting to know Grammaticus. And we find out it's not that well. So, sort of, not really. It's just like, surface stuff. He's not really getting anything interesting. Yeah. Except that he's still interested in Rakshana. Yeah. It's kind of odd because on one hand it sounds like they want to figure stuff out from John, but at the same time they don't really ask many questions. <laughs> Is that the Alpha Legion's tactic? <laughs> <laughs> hey, come here. We wine and dine you and we talk about the nice pleasantries in life. <laughs> We'll, t- we'll take you on an imagined uh, French picnic, and uh, then you tell us your deepest secrets. That's yeah. how this works. See where it goes from here, right? <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, um, the first captain thinks he might like have come to some revelation, because he even says like that he wants Tato to hang out like right next to his side for the next few days for any like stunning you know, insights he might have concerning Grammaticus. Because he spent more time with him than anyone else. Did anybody else even try, though? Yeah. Yeah, no one else really tried at all. I mean, they were considering having um, the creepy psyker having his go at him again. Yeah. Which I'm happy for John that this that has not happened. I mean, why not just send somebody in there to talk to him every once in a while? Well, that's what Pedro does. Sort of, but... He doesn't really try to ask him any questions, though. You, I mean, you'd think in five months, he'd be like, hey, why are we going to this planet? Um, what can you tell me about the planet? Probably sounds like a broken record. Well, he does bring up the point that, at the very least, they know he wasn't lying about Nerf. Yeah, that's true. And we also get finally the first description of what really happens there, because in typical fashion, uh, we... After we left them to run away from the planet, this all happens five months later. There's just no explanation in between. <laughs> Hand waving away. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. Megan can tell you. I'm like just consistent um, complainer when it comes to like time jumps. I can't stand like lazy time jumps in writing. Which really, I feel like Dan Abnett is better than a. Five months later, hand waves. I think it's that you're a completionist and you want all the nitty gritty details. And you're like, I want to know how that wine happened. I want to know how that cheese happened. Right. I want to know. I want to have a recipe how to make space cheese. Right. I want to know how they came into space cheese. You know, I feel like if they were to go through the schematics of a spaceship and talk about how they you know, have a garden to produce oxygen and food and, you know, next to it is, you know, some some cows for their milk and, you know, what have you. I feel like you'd be like, yeah, all right. Yes. And everybody else is bored out of their minds and you're like, what are you talking about? This is the most interesting stuff ever. Finally, there's no more giant plot hole where space cheese is concerned. <laughs> Where'd they get the paper? Right? You know, just lazily hand wave it away. I feel like that's what you would like. You want all the details. I mean, I'm not going to say no. But anywho, more interestingly to everybody who isn't me, 
uh, yeah, we do find a pretty good uh, explanation of what happened on Earth. And there's also the explanation you were missing with the princeps. Oh, yeah, uh, Jebeth. Mm-hmm. They're not around anymore because I lost everything, which is a shame. Yeah. And, and the... Sorry. Oh, no worries. So apparently they lost, like, it was such, like, uh, oh, God, what's that terrific uh, Australian term? Uh, the evacuation was so fuck-handed that uh, they had to leave Titans behind to the point that Jeff's like, I'm going to tell the Mechanicum, and the Mechanicum are never going to work with your stupid expeditionary fleet again. Uh, I would like to... There's a, a question I have in here. Did um, Namit Jira... Uh, is he so upset over this loss of everything? Did oh. his wardrobe become affected? Because we don't hear about his fancy flowing robes now. Oh, he is super upset, but he still wears fancy clothes. Like he uh, maybe didn't. So, but we don't get the full like you know six people and an ostrich feather cape anymore. <laughs> True. Pro- well, there was some zebra and the Unix was still around, but yeah, he was super upset. Didn't want to go uh, or didn't want to evacuate. And by the time mm. he figured out it's bad enough, it was already too late for just a lot of his people. But that just seems like his personality. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have expected anything else from somebody wearing a 20-foot ostrich cape. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty bad. It's like, bring out the zebra cape of mourning. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he doesn't have his, like, gold duck face. He doesn't have all that going on now. Yeah. And his boots to, like, help him with, you know, the wind effect for his cape, for for maximizing the dramatic entrance. I'm trying to find it. Because he, again, looks like a fool, but... It's not great. Oh, yeah, hang on. Um, yeah, six of Princeps uh, Jebeth's Titans are left behind. Yeah. Which, that's, like, a huge deal. I think it's pretty much would pretty much be his whole legion because six of the god machines that's a gigantic loss. Yeah, that's more than an entire maniple. Whatever that means. Yeah, I was gonna say maniple. It kind of sounds like mandible. I have no idea uh, what you're talking about. Uh, the um, in Mechanicum Battle Dog, uh, maniples are five. Titans or robots, because five is the sacred number of destruction for a mechanicum. So that's why groupings of like Titans or Battle Automata are always in groups of five. Ooh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So uh, a full Titan manable is uh, five Titans. Yeah, I think I would also have openly denounced Nemajira after that. Yeah, right? I also wonder, did I ever, just the way everybody dies... Nobody really knows what happened in the end there or how it happened, only how it sounded. Yeah. And it's like the mewling and squealing of some demon awakened and trapped in the lightless, brawling cinder that put Nerf, cinder pit that Nerf had become. I mean, as far as it goes, I think that's probably the best way Dan Abnett could have described it, because it kind of leaves it up to your imagination, like how creepy and devilish it was. Yep. So, I like that decision. Yeah, and also, no, why would anybody go back to this place after the kind of destruction they saw? I would assume it's just not safe for a long time. Yeah, it definitely doesn't sound like it. No. But... Anyhow. I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about Mandible, Manipole. Like, ladies, that's my husband, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, I try. <laughs> we so, reach, anyhow. Yeah, we reach um, Hydra Tertius. 42 so, uh, Hydra Tertius, right? Yeah. Yeah. 42 Hydra Tertius. And, wow, is that on the nose, even for me? Why would you choose that as a place to meet? Hey, they were like, Hydra, that's, that's our sign. Let's just pick that. Hey, they will love it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? This sounds like, I don't know, like some undergrads coming up with a name for, like, you know, their undergrad thesis and having it as, like, a pun. 
you know, and they think this up like one night when they're, you know, kind of a little, you know, drunk and then come in to present it. And they're like, oh, this was a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, to be fair, John gets pretty embarrassed about it in the end. <laughs> he does. It's a terrible pun that, 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 you know, makes me wonder about how smart the cabal really is that they Maybe. think this is funny. Maybe they try to apply humor, and they're just not very good at it. Well, uh, apparently one-liner and pun-based humor absolutely does not translate, so... I don't know, maybe it's like a funny play on words in Eldari or something. Yeah, or the insect speech thing. Mm-hmm. We should ask, we should ask John about it. Oh, yeah, the planet has been prepared for models. They have, um, I think they switched on this uh, some atmosphere-making devices a few years ago, which, again, pretty amazing on the lack of planning from the Cabal side. And yes, I would be very concerned with Alpha Legion. I mean, it does, well, not that everything doesn't make them suspicious, but that's, like, immediately a red flag to them. Yeah. Like, oh... These terraforming devices have been going for years already. Nobody should have. At what point, uh, you know, at what point would you? I I mean, the whole thing's suspicious. He, grammaticals, at least, already told them that they've been trying to reach out to them for several years. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be that surprising that they've had some terraforming, you know, activity going on for years to try to meet them in a location. I mean. That actually would not raise my suspicions anymore because he's already told them we've been trying to reach out to you for years. Yeah, I think what makes them more suspicious is the fact that the landing sites look the same way on this planet. Right. What they found on Earth. Which she tries which she tries to explain. Uh but I don't think they really buy it. I I think that what he should have done is explain that to them from the beginning he's had five months he could have been like hey just so you know when we get to this place it's gonna look really suspiciously like you know the city on that demon planet that just like got eaten but nothing to worry about yeah i I tell you about it beforehand so you're prepared but no this would include again him being good at his job It's almost to the point, it's like he's so bad at it, it's like he's trying to make this meeting go poorly. I honestly have started to wonder if that's not his endgame. Like, he wants this to go badly, and so he's trying to set up suspicion. But then he should just have, well, he should have done even worse then. Oh, maybe he's just not suppo- he doesn't want to do so bad they can't follow, that he doesn't want to do it anymore. Just bad enough to fail, but still look like he tried. Yeah. I mean, he did try to, you know, just did everything and abandon the cabal once already. Yeah, and then he got a hit on his head, pretty much. Yeah. Get back in there. Yeah, pretty much got shook, uh, got shaken. <laughs> he kind of deserved it. Yes. Bit, yeah. yes. I don't feel sorry for him. And yeah. He gets uh, the news drop that Horus is already War Master, which happened a month into the journey, so the Cabal really is not really good with their time either. Yeah, we can see into the future, but not that, not that well. Yeah, I can't, I mean, not great. Maybe they missed, misplaced a comma that happens once in a while. Mm-hmm. And this is another point, if he really would have... He could have told him, hey, eventually Horus will become the War Master before it already happened. And not right. all shocked about it, but right. to be fair, I'm also not a secret agent, so I don't know what you're supposed to say and what not. I feel like what I, I, I would have done, and I'm not good at, you know, I would not be a good secret agent, but if I knew we were going and it was going to take us several months to reach this planet for a meeting, I would have said, listen, guys, uh, I don't want you to be too concerned about how the surface of the planet is going to look. It's being terraformed. And just giving them a little bit of that information. And then I would have said, and you need me to go down first instead of waiting till we're at the planet, waiting for them to notice the shape of the 
of the machine going, freak them out, and then be like, oh, by the way, you got to sit me down first. Thanks. You know, you don't wait for your hair to drop something like that. Also, I don't. Why would the Cabal also do it this way if they want the Alpha Legion to come? <laughs> so the novel can happen. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Well, yeah, they pretty much they put um, after John Chromaticus freaks out tries to tell him he wants to be down there first they put him back in the cell because of course they want to make sure the location is safe and secure first well yeah duh because he didn't warn them about the fact that they probably wonder if there's another black cube on this planet and if this isn't a second attempt at their life or something I would be suspicious. I think it's natural to be suspicious. And you're talking about the most suspicious legion? Yeah. I mean, that's just poorly planned. Hmm. While we're on that, what I think is a little bit out of character for the Alpha Legion here. Uh, Grammaticus says uh, he describes a great war against yourself. This would seem to describe a civil war. And Alpharius just flatly says civil war in the Imperium is an impossibility. It could not happen. The Emperor's plan is utopian. It feels kind of out of character for the Alpha Legion's normal pragmatism that they just flatly say like, oh, no, civil war could never happen in the Imperium. The Emperor has it all planned out. You gotta trust in the Emperor. At the same time, maybe they are really expecting it to happen anyways, but they don't want to have John know. It's the Alpha Legion, after all. They don't let anybody look in their books. Yeah, I mean, well, we find out, and this is a little out of our scope of practice, but in some of the Heresy Black books, they talk about how the Alpha Legion were definitely running simulations of legions fighting other legions far before it actually happened. So, I mean, the idea has to have occurred to them. But, I don't know, maybe they're just trying to put on, like, a super, you know, united front against someone they could consider an enemy and just not give anything away to John. Yeah, just That's keep it... All I can, it's about all I can think of. Yeah, pretty much keep it hidden from the Cabal, don't prove them right already. Yeah. Even though it's not even Cabal, it's just John, but he is one of them, so you have to be protective of everything. I don't know, I feel a little bit bad for him. And see, that, like Megan was saying earlier, at the end of the paragraph here, mm -hmm. when uh, Alfarius says that, you know, we're going to commit a landing party, chuck Grammaticus back in the cell, and Grammaticus is talking about, like, just constantly he's like a broken record we don't have time you're wasting time all of this time is being taken up we got to keep going we don't have time but i mean the, he basically just screwed around with Cato sonica for five, five months. months yep and well, wasted all this time he was under the assumption they had the time though he thought they have two more years he did not know that um horus became war master four months ago until now yeah, but even then, I mean, even before yeah. the Alpha Legion took him prisoner, that's what he said to Pato, too. It's like, we're running out of time. We don't have time. I need you to take me straight to the Alpha Legion because we have no time left. But then there was wine and cheese. Yeah. And there was wine and space cheese. <laughs> <laughs> There's time for that. Oh, well. So, anywho, Pato tosses him back in his cell. Yeah, and then if I think it looks like he's a bit remorseful of it. A little bit. Yeah, Pedo, I don't know. Peck, I don't know if people or if Astartes and humans can be friends. Maybe Peck and uh, Pedo are as much, as much as they can be. Mm -hmm. But I can't imagine it's really the real thing. I, <laughs> everything he describes about Astartes is so, so different from people and having friends. I just can't imagine how this would be for them. And oh, Peck also has a job for him already. I think maybe like professional business associates is the best <laughs> you can hope for with the starties. I appreciate your job. Do you think they gift out mugs? 
like best and spy or like an employee of the month i feel like that the alpha legion would probably tattoo it on their people which just seems so stupid for a super secret organization to leave a permanent mark behind but if they're gonna hand out something yeah (laughs) best spy i mean Jason, did you mention they also scratched it into the bones? Wouldn't this be better than branding their people like freaking cattle? Right. Um, it's in this little, uh, it's like an audio drama called Night Fane. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. It's like actually sort of spooky, but there's like this underground facility um, that A and Deal and his red mark run across. And they figure out it's been infiltrated by the Alpha Legion. And yeah, some of their operatives have like um, uh, inscriptions like carved into like the bones of their ribs and sternums and stuff. Pretty crazy. Creepy. It sounds like it. I wonder if it's more like a serial number or a code name. But That's a good question. Maybe it's also not tactics what we see here, which they usually use, but um, lightning deployment. Because everybody we know who has started working for the Alpha Legion was recruited in a fit or re- super quick. I mean, um, Bronzy was pretty much picked up in a few minutes. Same with uh, Sonica. They had a choice to make. They made it not. It's not like you can ship them out to get a secret sign burned into your bones somewhere. That is true. This does feel like really quick for them. But still, couldn't they just have learned a secret hand high five or something? <laughs> right? Right. If they had learned some sort of secret high five, I think it would have been better for so many people involved. Especially because Jason was saying that uh, there were Alpha Legion uh, operatives that had infiltrated various legions that didn't know that there were other Alpha Legion operatives. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, uh, the Raven Guard were really bad for that. It's like, there were Alpha Legion operatives working their way through on objectives, not knowing they were causing problems for other Alpha Legion operatives that had no idea any of them were like... Well, so, you know, if one of them gets find out, found out, then you still have the alternative, and not everybody blows up at the same time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it feels like the most Alpha Legion thing ever. Yes. I really like that whole storyline with some of like the Alpha Legion uh, infiltrators and some of the Shattered Legion forces. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool because like, apparently, uh, during the or after the Istvan Five massacre, they were taking like uh, dead Raven Guard and cutting off their faces and their vocal cords and surgically grafting them on to Alpha Legion operatives and then sending them back like infiltrating the Raven Guard like evacuation zones. Oh jeez. That's that's right. Dark. That's pretty potent stuff. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no. But getting back to where we are in this yes, story. Yes, let's go there. <laughs> it's all right. Well uh speaking of Brownsy, uh he and what's left of the Jokers and the Geno five two uh, seem to be doing alright. Yeah, they made it back, so that's already good. Yeah. I, I feel really sorry for Bronzy, and I feel kind of sorry for all of these, like the Jokers, because they're still trying to recover, and they're being put in a position where they don't know what's going on. They didn't have time to really regroup before they're redeployed. And now they're they're trying to figure out what's going on, and they have no idea. Really, they're they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off because they don't know what's going on, and nobody can tell them. Yeah, and they have a super bad boss. Namajira is the worst. Namajira is the worst. It's like we find out that uh, Alfarius, quote unquote, comes to him and says, "Like, hey, I got this super secret project that will pretty much." instantly, you know, gloss over all that shame you had from this horrible defeat if you just help me out real quick. Namajira only cares about himself. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty obvious. You know, which is kind of funny since they keep saying, what is it, uh, 
genome before. Yeah. What's their little? Uh, Gino before Dean. Okay. Chiliad first, Imperium second. Yeah. Yes. And yet they're led by somebody that really only thinks about himself. He doesn't think about his army at all. Well, I mean, I guess when you get to the point of Lord Commander, it's more of like a political office than an actual like military rank. Yeah, but you still want your army to do well. Well, no, they have to do well. You don't want to put any work in for them to do well. They just have to work. Right. I mean, to Namajira, all of these different, um, you know, regiments are essentially just numbers and names on a data slate. Yep. Oh, and they, he doesn't even tell them yet what they will have to do. They just can't, they get a secret message. I don't know when they even are supposed to open it. I think there's a signal or something. But we get a, we get a dress scene from Namajira. He's, he look, just reads like he's ready to go to an orgy. It's very odd. So this time his assemble are full-length gloves, button them around his shoulders and armpits. <laughs> then the gloves form the sleeves of his dark tan leather doublet. He flexes his finger and settles them into the gloves as another dresser draped a cape of fur and zebra skin over his left shoulder. Securing it for golden fibula, so it's still pretty, pretty um, out there. It is, yeah. Oh, I just thought of this as we went back through it again. How uncomfortable has it, like, full-length gloves that button in your armpits? Like, that doesn't Beauty's feel pain, well thought honey. out. Beauty's pain. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that I sounds horrible. In my armpit. Yeah, I was going to say, I had stitches in my armpit uh, at one point, and it was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But um, he gets a band. Maybe the band helps him over it. I guess, man. It still just feels uncomfortable. Oh, too. And how massive must this Warden of the Seal like ring be? Yeah, uh, if it fits like over ish like over the glove. Alright. You know, Pope's, imagine Pope's, shaking your hand with this thing. So <laughs> Popes used to have glo- have uh, rings that would fit over gloves. Uh, and you can see them in the Papal Museum, and they're massive. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'd be, they would be a chunk, let me tell you. Oh, it yeah. was, and as far as middle finger, too. Like, that's got to be uncomfortable. Yes. Honestly, nothing of the stress thing of what he is wearing makes me want to join or swap places. Hand in, what is a hand and a half sword? Uh, so it's a sword that's long enough that it can be wielded like a two-handed sword but it doesn't have to be it can be used one-handed just as easily so it's a sword which does just does not come into anything yeah it's also called a bastard sword it's like a yeah it's a length in between a long sword and a two-hander if i say my say so namajura's bastard sword is the correct choice (laughs) (laughs) what did he even get dressed for he dressed up just to go and be mad at other people again and to meet Alfarius, I think. Uh, yeah, he had to make an entrance. Yeah, and like yell at Major General Dev again. I want to know what he wears in his off time. A toga? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a fabulous one, I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. But uh, Alfarius, at least, is always consistent, and we know how he looks. He just wears his war armor. Which, it's, I, I don't think they describe it again, but I would assume it still looks like the Alpha Legion looked on um, Nerf. Yeah, purple trimmed in silver. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, Namajira and roguish like choices for wardrobe here, uh, he gets pretty ballsy with Alfarius. Oh, not just him. His uh, Lucifer Black, too. <laughs> right, he gets kind of kind of mouthy. Which, honestly, I'm kind of surprised Alfarius puts up with. Yeah. Is it really Alfarius? Well, I mean... I mean, I don't think it's really Alfarius. I don't think so either. I'd say that Alfarius puts up with it for some reason. <laughs> Maybe it is the true Alfarius. After all, uh, the Lucifer Black was able to figure out when they were lying the last time, so. 
Yeah, but... I also don't I'd... think he would be... It would be important enough. Yeah, I mean, if Dorne can't really tell Alfarius apart, then... I don't know. It's kind of shaky that, like, an augmented human could. Yeah, John can, but he also is not... He's not really a human anymore. Or, I don't know, ex-human? Pre-human? Well, I mean, he cheats a little bit. He's psychic. True. Oh yeah, we leave um, Nemajura, uh, his best buddy, and Alfarius alone. Go back to... Bronzy. Bronzy! Bronzy making a pass at Moo! Yeah, but he is less creepy than John. Much less creepy? I don't know if it's much. I, I feel like it's less because he's not telling Moo, hey, take your top off. True. He's trying to be like, hey, you want to hold my hand? Because this uh, landing could be bumpy, you know. Uh, that's way less creepy than take your shirt off. Yeah, it's just... Close that door and take your top off. It sounds like a very fun, uh, an in-joke in between those two, because I think Bronzy kept flirting with her anyways the whole time. The first yeah, time we saw her, she kept he kept his gut in and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, no, yeah, I can see that. So he's less bro- less less creepy. Yeah, he d- he doesn't ask her to take her take her clothes off. Yeah, that's a big plus. No, he told earlier earlier he said uh, she looks waterproof. So I guess that's a compliment. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just like Bronzy. Bronzy has the whole spiel. He's a pretty. He's a good leader, I would say. He has, takes time to talk to his men, explain them all what's going on. More or less, at, at least, least what I know. He knows, yeah. Yeah. And it gives uh, you the impression, or it gives me the impression, that his group, the Jokos, with all going on, they still have a pretty good mood. Yeah. I feel like he's trying to rally the troops and make sure that they're, you know, decked out appropriately. And yeah, I, I feel like he's, he's, he's trying to do the best job he can. Yep, true. With very limited information. Yeah, because they are just going down and have no, nobody, no, they're no hostiles. So just go down and secure the position. But they have no idea what they're getting into. They don't know anything about the Alpha Legion, but, you know, and how they're going to play a part in that. Yeah, they assume they need to recover something. Oh, right. And so, again, with this Hydra brand, uh, when they finally get their order packets, Bronzies has, like, a little small uh, green sliver wafer in it that he assumes is a leaf. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a little teeny piece of metal machined to resemble a lizard scale. And in his home language... Uh, was the phrase written, your father cheers, your mother cries, that is the lot of the soldier. And the little Hydra brand. So, this feels like a really poor idea on the Alpha Legion's part, because it would not be super hard for, like, Bronzy to just, like, get a different order packet, or there feels like a lot of ways this can go wrong. Especially because they left a Hydra symbol on there. Yeah! It's like, the heck do they keep doing that for? He knows what you're, what he's doing. Why do you need to put your stamp on it? Right? Bronzy knows. I feel like that's really just kind of there for us, like, reading it. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, we return to Namajura and Afarius. Uh, do you guys know what Blamir's mean? So, Blamir's is the name of the flagship. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, hmm. I remember they talk about it earlier in the novel of it being like a uh, a naval commander on old Terra, but I am not familiar. Yeah, when I checked it out, um, just went onto the good old Google. Uh, he is it was um Anglican theology. Professor, literary critic, critical, and he wrote books. So I don't know if it's from there or something. I put there. 
friend and mentor of C.S. Lewis. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's a surname, so... Huh. But yeah, Namajira is, again, pretty rude. He just... He doesn't even tell the people to leave us alone. He just screams at them to give us the room. And I mean, again, he's like... He's pretty ballsy with how far he is here. I wonder if Namajira thinks I've got nothing to lose because if I... If this mission doesn't go well, my career is over. So, I mean, why else would he be that rude to a Primarch? I would have, but I would assume if you really think that whatever happened is ending your career, you would try to get on a good side of the Primarch. Because yeah. he's probably the only thing which could save you anymore. It is kind of interesting, though. Namajira almost tries to threaten Alpharius. He even says, like, um, uh, you just watch me issue my authority and mobilize my forces in your service, Lord Alfarius, said Namajiro with a slight tone of menace. I deserve to know more. It's like, eh, I don't know if that's the best tone of voice to take with a Primarch. Especially, my Lord Commander said he needs to know more. Shrek. Ah. Oh, Chain. <laughs> I mean, it is like Alfarius, uh, almost like he has to stop from like chuckling a bit. It's like, or what, companion? I hope for your sake you don't presume to threaten me. It's like, what's he gonna do? <laughs> I could just imagine it's like when a toddler gets real angry with you. <laughs> right i mean it's like he can yell and like wave his hands and maybe like slap at your knees but <laughs> like and i'm aware like dina's chain is like an augmented human who has like decades of military and combat experience but still i mean it's basically the same thing it's albeit an augmented human but still against a primarch it, it would be like a toddler with decades of military <laughs> I mean, terrific. Like, he could probably, you know, do a jack toddler. Yeah, like, it would. <laughs> Toddle on steroids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to other toddlers, sure. He could, like, take down, like, any toddler. But, I mean, he's still, like, 40 pounds and, like, two feet tall compared to, like, you know, an adult. That's a really heavy toddler there, babe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know toddler weight classes. They're like 20 pounds. (laughs) Jason, there's no weight classes for toddlers, I think. There's there's no baby fight club. (laughs) Okay, well, this is like a heavyweight toddler. We said he was a jack toddler. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, super jack toddler. But yes, uh, going up against, say, a man in power armor that's eight and a half feet tall. Yeah, I mean... What are you going to do? Like, Maybe make the armor dirty, I guess. I like <laughs> Afarius. I, read, I like Afarius' line here. I had heard that Lucifer Blacks were remarkably brave. I didn't realize they were clinically insane. <laughs> Which right. is, yeah. It's like, yeah, like, what, what's, what's your game plan there? Like, I don't know, but I'm telling you, I, I would not... Of, of every Primark, I would say I would uh, definitely not threaten Angron because he'll just kill you immediately. But I feel like not threatening Alpharius would be up there. Yeah, especially if you want to get more information, maybe trying to threaten him is not the best way of getting anything, especially out of out of them. But right. I mean, apparently it works. Alpharius gives them a little bit. Which again, why would you trust what Afarius says after you got him in a room to threaten him? It just, it seems like a bad idea. Because, yeah, like, he might not immediately retaliate in the same way as, like, Megan said, like, Angron. Yep. But it's like you threaten Alfarius, and then, like, a couple hours later, your ship, like, suffers a mysterious plasma drive <laughs> malfunction <laughs> and, like, implodes into the warp. It's like, it's not something you do. No, it's not. I just, I don't know. I think Namajira is getting, like, a little too, like, big for his own pants. Yeah, he's too high on his high horse. Yeah, because he even says, like, he almost, like, mocks Alfarius. Like, 
Oh, are you saying this whole endeavor was inspired by baseless tattles? Dear me, sir, I thought you were shrewd. Yeah, he definitely had too much power. Oh, he just went and seen from the loss. He does not seem to be making very good life choices at this point. Who would who 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 wears body glove or gloves which are long enough to fit under your armpits makes good life choices. <laughs> <laughs> the gold dust mask that does it for me. I don't know. Fair. Yeah. And, the, and the day drinking. Yeah, he's day drinking again. He also got a furious to it. So maybe he just had a bit too much to drink lately. I don't think I I don't think Alfarius uh, had anything to drink. I think he just held the glass for a while. Probably. Oh yeah, because yeah, it even says he put it down the wine untouched. Oh okay. Which, I, f- I feel like Alfarius would worry that it was somehow poisonous. I don't know, poisoned or something. So I just feel like that's <laughs> just not something he's gonna do. Yeah. Because even with like his physiology that could basically process. Like, even more so than a normal marine, like, process any sort of poison or toxin. Love that he's just, like, so suspicious he doesn't drink it on principle. Yeah, well, he thought the whole thing is so rude, I can't drink wine with this guy. Yeah. But, um, Afarius gives them some pieces. He lets them know about Henniker a little bit more. Which I kind of shoot, or I don't know. I just, why does he even give him any information? Maybe it assumes uh, Henniker is known a known fact by now and it shouldn't matter if they get the information. Or maybe he's just like, I'm going to give him a little bit of information because I'm going to kill him later and he's not going to have time to tell anybody. Yeah, just yeah. throw him a bone. Yeah, it does seem, well, because now that Jira threatens to like pull all of his support and that would be annoying. At the very least. True. So I think that's probably what Alfarius is doing is like giving him some very like baseline, not very useful info just to like make him feel like he's gotten the better of him just so he won't do anything immediately annoying. Give him a little pacifier. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then again. Then he doesn't, he demands, he gets some information and then he demands to, no, he doesn't ask for it. He's just like, oh yeah, I'm going to be at your side when you talk to those super important um, secret people, right? Yeah, I think Alfarius is just trying to make him feel better. Yeah, stop him from screaming out too loud. Because they need, they still need the whole fleet to um tie down the objective and make sure it's secure and safe. Oh, well. Uh, but hey, uh, chapter four, we're back with uh, Sonica and Grammaticus. Uh, can I just say, this is another one of those moments where Grammaticus should be more suspicious than he is. Does he really think that he has convinced Hado to go against the Alpha Legion based on no real information and just the crazy yellings that he was doing. Oh, oh, I have turned him to my side. Oh, I have, you know, manipulated him. And why would he think that that Sonica would have the ability to to change the Alpha Legion computers so that they won't notice that they're gone for a while? This is the Alpha Legion. They're suspicious of everything. Like, I don't even know the Alpha Legion that well. And I can tell you that Sonica leaving Kato and John going down to the planet and them taking uh, Uxor Rakshana with them is all planned by the Alpha Legion. Yeah. And so John tried over all the time to install a, a control word into Sonica. For the, his uh, control word is super lame too. Bad lame. Like, <laughs> use something like cool, red. please. Bad lame. But uh, he assumes this absolutely worked, even though he internally, he also said it should not have worked, and he d- can't believe that it actually worked. But he believes it. Yeah. It feels like he should be more suspicious there. 
Instead, he's just like, I'm the best. He's overconfident. And Shane, uh, Shane did Lucifer Black was right. Yeah, overconfidence is what gets him all the time. Especially, I think, um, Sonica shoots somebody, like, at latest at this point on an Elf Legion ship. He should be aware that they know. Nobody just assumes the if a servitor goes off, it was just a power outage. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, he brings to him to Rokshana. Poor Rokshana. She looks rough. Yeah, she's not doing so hot. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Cher had her a go at her mind, scrambled it up a bit to get information. So the poor, poor Rukshana is insane, I think, or her mind is broken. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pato says I brought her food every day and tried to keep her clean and healthy, but she's a little more than feral. <laughs> and now in a entertaining turn uh now it's sonica saying john please hurry we haven't got much time true <laughs> but he got his love back but yeah it's just it's way way too easy for them to like shuffle like rukshana down to the drop pods like pato checks all the navigation system Apparently, this is like the longest, you know, response time in the history of ever, because he was like, oh, no, once we shot that servitor, they'll know what's going on. But now it's like a half hour later. The server servitor was just not very important, clearly. Right. Yeah. He probably thought it like just fell over or ran out of batteries or something. It was the Roomba of its time. Yeah. I'm stuck in <laughs> like, a corner. <laughs> right like it just gets stuck under furniture and like you know makes that doodle sound a couple of times and then turns off <laughs> <laughs> and then sonica even says like when he's turning off the stuff you know for the uh drop pod like sonica smiles and holds up his new hand they trust me remember they've given me the highest clearance built right in and grammaticus is like oh more fool them like how again? How dumb do you have to be to believe that story? I don't even know the Alpha Legion and how their tactics are, and I know this. Well, I think also John just doesn't think others are as smart as the Cabals he's working for. I think he just thinks he's the smartest. Overconfidence. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Uh, yeah, at least, well, they put on new clothes. Foul weather gear. Then we're back to the Jokers. Can I just say, I don't envy the Jokers. Uh, if at any point I was hoping I could be part of this story, this would not be it. Yes. It, it, it reminds me of, you know how sometimes when you're by a pier and they are cleaning fish? And some of them have just been left out too long. It sounds like the entire planet is just that. Yes. No, thank you. It like, sounds... what's the worst smell you can come up with? Well, I've been... Dead weird fish. Like... Dead weird fish. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in a chicken plant with fresh fish and it was already bad enough. <laughs> but... Pretty much was this planet because it suddenly had an atmosphere. Everything which lived there died because of the changes in the atmosphere. So they just have a bunch of dead things around them and it smells horrible. Dead marine life. Yep. Local xenofauna. It does seem like a pretty bad way to go. Like just you know, slowly choking to death because the chemical composition of the air you're breathing. Yeah, the only hope the only hope you can have at that point is whatever change in the air puts you to sleep first before you die. Yeah. Be like really slow carbon monoxide poisoning. That you know, just doesn't sound like a nice way to go. No, also the cabal just have no regard for the local fauna. Right. Ah, cabal. <laughs> it's like we're gonna set up a meeting place here five years down the road. This entire planet can drop dead. That's fine. We need it. 
There are other planets. There are other space deer. Yeah, they're not special. <laughs> We're going to make an entire planet smell like rancid fish guts. Well, technically, it's not the entire planet. It's just a portion of the planet. They left the uh, ocean alone on the majority of the planet. True. They just picked up hardware. They want to meet with the Alpha Legion, has have the zones. So let's just hope there was, there was nothing just local to this place. Super rare. I also enjoy, honestly, I um, want to read a bit about the dynamic of Mu and Bronzy, how they're both together leading everything, which is it's just pretty neat to read. Yeah, we haven't gotten a whole heck of a lot of it before now. True. There have been like a couple of allusions to how they work, but uh, it is kind of nice to see them actually get like some face time, you know, with each other. And, uh, oh, we figure out what the uh, little, you know, cipher is that Bronzy got in his order packet. Uh, so he takes the little phrase and substitutes each letter for its numerical place in the alphabet, combines them as they've been taught, and ended up with two seven-digit channel codes, which kind of feels like something you do in, like, first grade. Yep. But, you know, it's like a cereal box decoder ring. There was a whole book series which was just about decoding super-secret messages. <laughs> it was super funny. Also, that he so Bronzy gets into contact with them. He has a code word, but they want him to check in every two hours. If you keep asking for um the walkie-talkie every two hours, that's also kind of suspicious, no? Yeah. A little bit, especially if you like clear, you know, the it's like, um, it's like your internet browser history. If yes. it's blank all the time, it's a little suspicious, right? I am kind of, um, curious too, where, uh, so Bronzy's call sign to the Alpha Legion is Argolid768. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what that's a reference to. Because, like, my first thought was uh, there are a lot of references to Greek mythology in the Alpha Legion, like the Sparatoi agents. But um, the, uh, oh gosh, what's the Greek city? Argolis is, like, the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I don't know. I, for some reason, I thought about cargo lid, but that doesn't make sense. Um, so, our, yeah, pretty much the city. Yeah. Oh, it's a peninsula. Yeah, uh, I think it's like in southern Greece. Mm-hmm. I think they just really like Greece. Is, is Greece still a thing by the time the Imperium of Men is around? I don't think it is anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe Dan Abnett just picked it because it was Greek and sounded like vaguely reptilian, I guess. Fair. Seemed like something appropriate. Yeah, also you can just keep saying a Hydra for everything. Right. And we jump back after he had a nice talk with the Alpha Legion back to Sonica and Grammaticus and Roxana. And they just have a good old time uh, and talk, taking a walk. Just walking to whatever place Grammaticus has in mind. Which is interesting. He has never been here, but he knows where to go. I guess it kind of makes sense, since all the halting sites are, like, basically the same. But they didn't go to the halting site, I thought. Oh, yeah, you're right. They're just trying to... Oh, man, yeah, so they're outside of it. Yeah, so the Imperial guys take over the um, halting site, the Shivering Hills. (laughs) But they are going into a cavern, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, like, Pato is sort of trying to fleece Grammaticus for information. Uh, I feel like at this point, Grammaticus is just kind of talking for, like, us as the readers and, you know, expositing a little bit. Yeah, it's fair. Just trying to explain a little bit what humanity is doing. Or maybe he also just ta- likes to talk so he doesn't have to think about what else is going on what could go wrong. <laughs> yeah, Grammaticus does like to talk. Yeah. Oh, hey, and uh, Rakshana apparently, like, you know, recognizes him, for one. That's fun. Because mm-hmm. maybe it's an act. 
How would you say this? He is so deeply in love. How could she? And she's in love with him. It could never possibly be an act. I don't know. Grammaticus seems to think that like Rukshana is like a total doofus and has like no clue what she's doing. And even now when she's like, you know, she looked up at him. Conig, she asked. Yes, yes, that's right, Rukshana. It's Conig. It's me. It's like, you know, he's like patting the little dog that just did a trick, you know? And he also believes that, or she was, her mind was scrambled. And uh, Sonica said that she's a little more than feral, so. Because maybe he's also working with the Alpha Legion and he got them all onto the planet because it's part of the Alpha Legion's plan. And all I'm saying is Rukshana was a little too interested in him and trying to hide him from the authorities a little too soon into all of this and we know she has some psychic abilities so she could I feel like you know does she have enough psychic ability to hide her mind from Grammaticus yeah maybe yeah we'd leave them I think yeah chronic yeah she recognizes him starts looking away again and Sonica takes over everything again just tries to figure out what John's game plan is and he doesn't have a game plan <laughs> I mean, who thought he did? <laughs> uh, yeah, just repeatedly asking for stuff when you know he's not going to have anything prepared or be ready for anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, John. Yeah. Oh, well, they can't all be winners. You just have to wonder where this is going. Looking at everything always, it's just so baffling how inept John is. Yeah, it's like the farther we go, the worse it gets. Yeah, but I like him. I don't know. I don't even know why I like him, but he's he's yeah. he's the worst. <laughs>